Hello there, this is Tim from the Happy Times podcast, and you're listening to An Apotheosis of a Bombast. I love it. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of An Apotheosis of a Bombast. This is episode number 54, off the top of my head. Uh, I'm Elton McManus, I'm in the UK, and joining me is the wonderful Scott Copperman. Please say hello, Scott. Hello, Scott. If you're new to An Apotheosis of a Bombast, where have you been? And secondly, it's about the the program on on, on a basis is about me in being in England, Scott being in the USA. We talk about how we see the world, how it's portrayed to us, and we put our little turn on it. And that's basically it. We come up with weird stories. We come up with wonderful stories. We come up with uh, weird and wonderful websites that you can hit on. And that is it in a nutshell. So hopefully you enjoy it. There's lots more to go back on. We've got 53 other episodes for you waiting there in the bin, (laughs) ready for you to open. But if if you want to dive into it, please be our guest. (laughs) In my head, I heard uh, the Be Our Guest song from Beauty and the Beast, the Disney movie. But of course, that was only in my head. Yes, so please dive into it. It's just our, our window on the, the world and how we portray it. We don't mean to offend anyone if we do, but sometimes we come up with rude stuff, which doesn't mean it's more more him than me. But, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. I'm far more offended by the fact that Twitter, every time I log back into Twitter, asks me, would you like to add a location to your tweets? Turn it on or no thanks. Every time I log in, than I am by anything we've actually said on the show. I'm not offended by what we've done on the show. But the fact that I keep doing this, I'm annoyed because mm. I feel like it's it's like, uh, are you sure? Oh, oh okay. Are you sure, though? Uh, all right. And then, I don't know if it's guilt on my part because I picture how you manipulate your kids sometimes and you're like, um, well, you know, we could go to the movie and we might have to wait in line and, you know... Uh, when we came home, we'd have to go right to bed, or we can stay here, and you know, mom can lay on the couch, and we can all get all cuddly, and maybe watch a good TV show. And yeah, I feel like it's that same kind of manipulation being done to me. Turn it on, come on, you know, I, I'm not turning on locations for my tweets. I refuse to do that. I don't understand the point of that, to be honest. I really don't. But no, you know what? It actually makes me feel even more. It. If people make fun of Twitter when they don't have it, or if they've had a bad experience on it, I guess for like the perception of it, it's a vanity thing. Like, up oh, getting a cup of coffee, up oh, going to the bathroom, up oh, having a toast for lunch. Well, I'm still waiting for the first Twitter murder or first Twitter homicide or whatever you want to call it, because I'm Twitter sure there's... rage or or broadcast live. Um, I... I don't know, I'm just waiting for it to turn up in the news that someone's been murdered or hunted down using their iPhone IP address. I can picture that. Because people have got rage on on Facebook and there's there's been parties that have been put out and crashed on Facebook and it's just a matter of time before it happens on the Twitter site. But oh, yeah. do, Well, do you putting know your location on seems just that much more vain. Like, I'm tweeting from here. I'm tweeting yeah. from there. 
I get fed up with. Oh, I don't know. No, I'm not gonna go down that road. No, you restarted. No, no, that's it. If I keep talking, you can't edit it out. So, up yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, there's a perfect example though of this incidental offensiveness that might have happened. As I've just called it, incredibly vain to have your locations on your tweets, and some of you may have that. Although, you know, I don't know if anybody has it. I don't see it on anybody's on mine. Hmm. <laughs> All right, I have a uh, an anecdote to share with you here. Go on then, quickly. Quickly? I don't know. I don't know why I said that. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I naturally say to my kids. Go on quickly, well, then I'll get back that, to what I'm doing. It fits right in. So I, um, you know, I'm, I'm approaching 40. This year I turned 40. And uh, definitely, definitely in the last six years, I've, I've allowed, I haven't been taking as good care of myself as I should have been and, and were. And, and I blame that largely on, uh, many things me more than anything but hey, i have two kids and dad i want chicken nuggets so it's all this unhealthy food and can we get cake and cookies and then they take two bites and it sits there and then i go oh, all right i'll have one and, nom, 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 nom. yes yes so anyway uh i long long overdue blood work i was uh, supposed to have it in june of last year <laughs> and then october i was reminded and then the form i actually brought in 10 days ago was dated December. So I went to go have the blood work because uh, I was feeling some of the, just not feeling quite right. Anyway, uh, I got a call, I guess it was uh, Thursday. It's the doctor's office and they say, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Copperman, uh, it's Dr. Jane's office. Um, we got your blood work, uh, highly irregular uh readings and it, it would like you to come in as soon as possible Ooh. Uh, how's next friday well that's not soon <laughs> as soon as possible would be like can you come in later today yeah you know can you get it so i i said that i said well that's not soon <laughs> and she said oh well you know at your earliest convenience but i mean that that's hardly the bedside manner you want from your doctor like, oh, we have your results. Can you come in as soon as you can? Uh, okay. Yeah, we Let can me get schedule my will in order first and stuff. <laughs> oh, so when earliest appointment we have is in uh, 10 days. Oh, well, I guess uh, I'll be alive for that. So anyway, I, I'm hoping it's the same irregularity that I've kind of known about ahead of time and that was kind of being monitored with the blood work, but... Mm-hmm. You know, th- so that happens. Then I get, you know, Marianne is like, who was on the phone? And like, oh, well, it was the doctor's office about the blood work. <gasps> oh, Mary, we go through this all the time, Mary. It's this is <laughs> we have the same conversation every time. And we say we should really get a doctor who's not going to make me go into the you know, basically I'm going to go spend quite a bit of money for a doctor's appointment to have them read me the results on the piece of paper. Yeah. And chastise me for having waited so long to go for the blood work and pat me on the head and send me on my way. I hope. Because if it's more serious than that, I'll be a little upset that they were going to let me wait for a week. No, but, but hang on. You left it for every year anyway, sir. So. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, it's my own fault. But That's I, the thing. I'll go in and I'll give her a stern look and she'll just sit there and, and go, I'm sorry. Last time I saw you was when? And I'll hang my head and I'll say, you're right. It's pure kid syndrome around a teacher, isn't it? If oh, I yeah. see even one of my old teachers now, I still like, hello, sir. <laughs> I sort of dip my head a little bit. And, yes, you've got the power over me. You're right. I'm sorry. Kick the ground and stuff like that. Yeah. But she's a little loopy, this doctor. Marianne 
sees her also and, and has the same same sense as a general practitioner she's just kind of a little little flighty and and easygoing and casual and i guess i guess if, if she were your friend you'd appreciate like the quirkiness of her but as your doctor you're kind of just looking for a little bit more seriousness and yeah you know like uh yeah, well, let's try this medicine. How's that feel? Good. What? Go ahead, take two then. <laughs> wait, wait a bit. <laughs> I take as many as I want. <laughs> like, is, <laughs> I thought we had a plan here. What's, what's going on? And that's like the um, the doctor in Springfield. Uh, yeah, in Springfield in The Simpsons. Yeah. Does this hurt? Uh, well, not really. Oh, well, that's all right then. We we'll carry on <laughs> doing that. Doctor Hibbert or the other one, the, the one who does all the surgery real cheap. The oh, what well, the crazy know, guy. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, Doctor Hibbert. That's right. The other doctor had a a tragedy of sorts in the Simpsons movie. Spoil? Why well, is it really a spoiler? It's a cartoon. No, no. didn't come back. It was a load <laughs> of guff, anyway, wasn't it? Crying out loud. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd rather have Doctor Hibbert and joking around. Oh, you you have exactly nine days left to live. <laughs> what is the other guy? It's like. Hello, Doctor. Like, I can hear them all kind of, like, sing-song you with it. I can't remember his name. Hello, everybody. Hi, Doctor Nick. Doctor. That's it, isn't it, Doctor Nick? Yeah. Speaking of a, a lot of guff, I heard the A-Team movie is awful. Um, hmm. I think if you go in, into the cinema in the right frame of mind, in other words, it's going to be a load of cheese balls that you're just going to sit through and eat popcorn and stare at a big TV. Well, the... The the early review that I heard from from a respected source is that it's it's basically just a long episode of the TV show, but not not a good episode. It's just kind of like one of the eh kind of episodes, and it's like an hour and a half long. And th- this person in particular is kind of a critic of the the casting of Liam Neeson as Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know how Hannibal in the TV show would always put on like some disguise and. You know, yeah, that's, that was really that's his superpower of sorts. You've got the pilot, you've got BA, you've got the charm from face, and then Hannibal's like he could impersonate fool's way into anything. Yeah, uh, but he doesn't do any costume. It's there's no like none of that going on. Have you seen it then? I haven't seen it. I just no. I heard a, a review. So but, I'm uh, I am expecting just a, a feature length episode of the A Team. I have to go back to my standing standing criticism of why does it have to be the A team then? Why couldn't it be just another action movie? They're just biting down on people that already know the A team. It's already in our psyche, so why not just remake it? Yeah, I guess. But then then you invite the comparisons. Have you seen the previews for that movie, The Expendables? Uh, yeah, I've seen little bits of it. Yeah. I have a feeling that a lot of the actors, in fact, I'm I'm pretty sure that some of them are just cameo roles. Like, I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger does more than like a, a minute or two on screen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just walks in, goes hi, and then walks out. I'm looking forward to that in ways. It's going to be a cheese fest. Yeah, but intentionally so. Yeah, and it's not going to be all oh, the be all end all movie of all time at all. I first had learned about that from on Twitter from uh, Mike Frankel. He does uh, a lot of really neat links. If you, if you can follow him on Twitter, he's got a lot of great, funny little links and things. And it was like there's a Mortal Kombat trailer going around now. Did you happen to see that? 
It's no. It's like a, it's a proof of concept trailer. They say it's got uh, the woman who played Seven of Nine in Star Trek. Means and nothing. A couple to other me. people. Well, it's got real actors. Right. In okay. it, and it, it looks like it would be a really hardcore Mortal Kombat movie. So it was the same kind of thing. This mystery trailer floating around about the Expendables and. It's got Bruce Willis and Sylvester Stallone, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, right, sure. That's, that'd be a great movie if they ever did that. Well, now here it is, the movie. So, I'm Isn't it Planet it. Hollywood, the movie, really? That's all they've done. Yeah, well, I bet they all own, like, 20% each of the film. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it in, in some ways, but I know Twitter goes a bit mad, and other places go a bit mad about it, and I know it's all in jest, but sometimes the jest becomes a bit too... Well, I'm starting to believe this now. It is the best movie ever made, ever. And some people do tend to follow other people a bit too blindly. And it's just a shame that that happens sometimes. Because yeah. have you seen the uh, trailers for Super 8? Is it Super 8? Yeah, Super 8. It's the J.J. Abrams, not Abrahams, Abrams, and oh, yeah, Steven yeah, yeah. Spielberg. And I That's think the it's thing, a, like Area Fifty One ish kind of. You, you basically just see the train and it something. That's it, yeah. It. Yeah, there's a train hurtling down the tracks, and a car mounts on the the tracks, drives towards the train. Basically, a kamikaze style mission derails it, and then something breaks out the the train. And if you watch the whole trailer, it's it's typical J.J. Abrams with little Easter eggs in there, and it's. Towards the end, it's got lots of little flashing letters and a face that pops up really quickly. And you're not too sure whether that's the alien or if it is an alien at all, if it's someone infected or what. But in the actual trailer itself, it gives you a website. or Well, not a website, but it gives you a, a sentence uh, saying, scariest thing I ever saw. And if you ever go to uh, com, then... It's got one of these, uh, what's it called? The reality games. The ARG games. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to do it. And I can't bloody do it. I'm really stuck. So if anyone has any idea on how to do this ARG game, then you know, let us know, please. Yeah, I'm, I have, kind of haven't figured out my stance on J.J. Abrams. I, I, think, I think in my head, I, I feel he got too much credit for Lost and, and that... I didn't really like what they did with Star Trek. I know, I know. But the Star Trek, the movie, just was kind of... Again, I, I have my own view on this idea of a remake and stuff and, and what could have been, what should have been, what had to be. Mm-hmm. But I look at that uh, Cloverfield and I look at the trailer for this and I just feel like the way... Was it M. Night Shyamalan? That's someone who did um, He's a guy Unbreakable. Did, and yeah, Signs and... yeah. And they all kind of have that same style, almost to the point of too much of a, of his fingerprints on it. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm starting to feel that way about these J.J. Abrams things, and I know that's probably not the right thing to do because he only has so much influence. I mean, you could say, well, he chooses the writers or he chooses this and that, but I mean, he he's not writing the script. Even no matter how involved he is, there's still other people. Even like with Lost, that we talk about, you know, the the people who Damon and Carlton get a lot of credit for that, and J.J. Abrams gets credit. But there's still a bunch of people we don't even know by name who write a lot of the episodes. I understand <laughs> that, but he, 
he must have a sort of idea of he's directing the movie and he's got a way that he wants to promote it. And he obviously, he's not making up these ARG games, but he's got the idea in his head, okay, well, we can do this with it. I want to do that. I want to put this little Easter egg in there. I want, you know, someone come up with an idea of putting an Easter egg this way. And that's how they incorporate it. That's his thing. He's the the ARG Easter egg-y guy where M. Night Shyamalan was the last minute redirect like whoa i i I should have seen it all along but it was was totally not what i thought kind of thing and And he always stuck himself in his films as well didn't he i don't know does he yeah he's in signs he's in isn't he in sixth sense as well i'll give you another example of of just real life ruining (laughs) pop culture ruining real life i should say this show robot chicken did like a parody of him and they have him uh He's on the at the movies with Siskel and Ebert, so it's Roger Ebert and and he's filling in for Gene Siskel. And every movie fake movie promo they go through, he's got a little like what a twist. It's, it's a little thing like that. So every time, just like the uh, <laughs> Beauty of the Beast song in my head, we're talking about him, and I just keep hearing oh what a twist, what a twist. <laughs> right. Well, shall we identify this? Dirty big elephant that's in the room, and yes, I am using it in the correct context. <sighs> I've got to hit it quickly if you don't mind. Six ties in the first eleven games. Yeah, huh? <sighs> I know. That's why it's not popular here. Well, no, that's because you don't understand the rules. But you know, that aside, England versus the USA. Did you did you get up and watch it, or did you have to get up and watch it, or did you stay up and watch it at all? It was on in the middle of the afternoon, and I would watch it for about eight minutes at a time until I couldn't stand the anymore. Oh, the horns! Channels, and I'd go back, and I can't. Oh, it's driving me nuts. The horns are driving everyone potty. It's absolutely ballistic. There there were thoughts of actually getting rid of the horns, and but it's. Uh, it's a cultural thing, and so they do it more or less every other bloody football match they have over in South America, uh, South Africa. So I can understand that. I've I don't like the the buzzing. It's like having ten mosquitoes in your room at the same time, and then a commentator talking over the top of it. And there's no way of getting rid of it. I'm sure if you went to Spain and they had the little windy clacker things, and they were going all the time, they wouldn't try and ban them at all. Oh, yeah. But it's just the way that they, they do their football over there. And that's fine. But they're bloody annoying. Just... And then when the action... When when it looks like someone's going to score, they just blow harder. That's all it is. It, goes, and it sounded more like of a swarm of bees at first. But yeah. then, obviously, that's not what it is. No, it's just mental people with horns. That That's the only thing that's really bugging me. The matches. They're only draws and such like, and you know, one alls, two alls, nil nils. Only because it's the very first stages of the World Cup. Everyone, no one wants to lose their first match. Everyone would like to go away with either a win or a draw. They don't want to lose because straight away you're on the back foot, and that's why you're seeing all these cagey little matches. Once this first round is over, and I think it, the first round of matches finishes tomorrow. 
then we should see a bit more open because you've all you've either got points under your belt or you've got no points you've got everything to play for and to be honest i i had some friends around for the england match and we we sat down and watched it. we had a big bowl of chili and it was good it was quite a good atmosphere apart from the little going on in the background well i uh, felt for you because i mean we we actually had no legitimate scoring threat I, you know this time it trickled in off was it, was it a pass back to the goalie no 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 it was we scored within what four minutes i think it was yeah it was quick it's first six minutes yeah. and we was all going yeah here we go floodgates open already and then it just settled down and it was dum ba dum ba da and then all of a sudden i think was it donovan from your team took a lash at it it sort of skimmed on the floor and our keeper put a hand out and it sort of rolled in and that's a typical <laughs> England mistake. We don't look like we're going to penetrate anywhere at all. It's oh, it's it's got everyone screaming a little bit, to be honest. But there was a lot of um, there was a lot of talk about the footballs before the World Cup as well, saying that these are the most round footballs ever designed ever. And I think they they come up with that statement every four years anyway. So anyway, so yes, the uh, the World Cup hasn't got off to a great start. I have to be honest. And one thing I didn't realise, we got an email from one of our listeners after the the draw that we made. Me and you, our teams, Greece and Nigeria, they're in the same group. So we're going to come head-to-head soon. Yeah, my team definitely underperformed, I think, in that. Well, no, I did watch I did watch my Nigeria game against Argentina. Yep. It was one of those moral victory things, so I was just kind of like, yeah. You could have taken a pound in, definitely. Yeah. So what is it? The seventeenth they play. Yeah. At the Mangaung Blanfontein venue. Obviously, they're playing in Japan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> BL. I don't know. There have been no games at that. Oh no, it's where Japan and Cameroon played. So you know, it's the center stage. But you know, let's divert off the World Cup. You know, I, I don't want people thinking, oh, they're just going to talk about World Cup all the time. So there we go. That's <laughs> that's the World Cup for you. Done and dusted. Hello, 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 hello. Records podcast. Music. It's like a, it's like a radio station. It's like a mixtape. It's like a mixtape. And everybody knows that mixtapes mean I love you. That's right. So it's like someone saying I love you to you once a week. Tony Pucci specifically. Tony Pucci specifically. The Pollyanna Calgary Records Podcast, now available at simplysyndicated.com. Okay, let's move on. Uh, have you got any stories? Oh, uh, have you got any real life stories to consult us with? Uh, no, go ahead. I went up to Cambridge two weeks ago and we went punting. Now, punting is if you go up to Cambridge, there's a river flowing all the way through Cambridge and you can jump in one of these punting boats you can either do it yourself it's like the uh, imagine Venice and you you push your boat along with a big stick that's punting mm-hmm. so you you can either hire out a boat to do this with your family and I've seen many people fall in that weekend doing that or you can have a guide push you around with other people in the boat and they to- teach you all about Cambridge and teach you all about the history and all, all the, the colleges around there. And it's awesome. It's absolutely brilliant. They make a mint out of it, though. They rip you off no end. But it's really good. We mm. did that. That was fun. Then we went into went 
toy shopping. The kids wanted some toys, so we went into, I think, John Lewis, and they got a little toy section downstairs. As we walk in, there's four guys all dressed in Star Wars Stormtrooper uniforms. And I was <laughs> like, whoa, wicked. There's a, a normal Stormtrooper. There was a, a TIE fighter pilot, the new Stormtrooper, and Boba Fett. Now, these are just guys that are just dressed up, asked to walk around in a Star Wars uniform. They're like, okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I walk in there going, oh my God, oh my God, Stormtroopers, oh my God, Stormtroopers. <laughs> and so I, I get my phone out and start taking pictures of them. I tell my son, you know, go up there, go there. I t- I'll take a picture with you. And he's like, no, no, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. And so I start taking pictures of these stormtroopers. Obviously, the TIE fighter pilot isn't getting many pictures taken of him because he seemed to like bomb every single picture I took. <laughs> it's like a little <laughs> tie, po- uh, TIE fighter pilot going, wait, what about me? What about me? No, I don't want you. Look, Boba Fett's there and stormtrooper there. That's all I want. I didn't realize until I just finished and started going down the escalator that I was wearing a Lego Star Wars t-shirt. <laughs> I must have looked... The world's biggest geek, and the guys in the helmets must be going, okay, there's one there. He's like really thinks we're the real deal. Oh, I just hang, hung my head in shame about it. It was embarrassing, but it's good fun. It's good fun to see them. You're listening to an apotheosis of a bombast. Uh, yeah, I have a story from a, a friend on Twitter who. I've never actually met in real life. Uh, she goes by the ID Jenny Girl Seven, so I don't know. I assume Jenny's her real name. There's, there's your credit. I don't think she listens to the show, uh, but she had a link on there for an article about a woman who was hit by a car, and the woman was walking on a road because Google Maps told her to. So she went to get from. Let's see. She's trying to get walking directions on her BlackBerry from. 96 Daly Street in Park City, Utah, to 1710 Prospector Avenue in the same city. Oh, okay. Directions told her to walk on Deer Valley Drive for 0.6 miles. So that's that's like half a kilometer. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so this Deer Valley Drive, Google says, hey, go ahead and do it. So she walks on it. It also was known as State Route 224, which is not that big a deal. A lot of ordinary roads are officially have highway numbers and stuff there are no sidewalks which again is not that uncommon cars traveling in high speeds okay and she's suing google because she got hit by a car and you know google told her to walk on the road really (laughs) yes at the bottom of the directions now they put a little disclaimer like if you go and get these same directions it says these directions are for planning purposes only. You may find that construction projects, traffic, weather, or other events may cause conditions to differ from the map results, and you should plan your route accordingly. You must obey all signs or notices regarding your route. I'm thinking they shouldn't put these warning notices on there anymore. And if you're stupid enough to get hit by a car, if you're taking a walking route, then that's natural selection, isn't it? That's yeah. the way that life goes. You know, If you're... Are these like uh, dual carriageways or like three, four-lane roads? Uh, I don't know. I, we could probably go on now and do with the Google Street View, actually see the road. Yeah. Probably even see the scene of the accident. But regardless, you're supposed to walk facing the traffic here. Yeah. So, you, you know, not the same side of the road you would drive on. 
So for her to be hit facing the traffic, unless it was a situation where you know, it was a cliff to the side or a bridge, even if there's a bridge, that has to have been some ability to take a step to the left and move off to the side. But so she's suing for more than $100,000 in medical expenses and for her permanent physical, emotional, and mental injuries. But there's also the case that she actually walked onto the road. Surely she had a choice of either, this road looks a bit dodge, there's no you know, pavement on here which I can walk down. So, you know, it's actually, her choice. It's, it says it's a rural dirt road. So even more, that, that means that there's just grass and woods to the side that you could take a few steps over. Well, that's just the law of the land. If you get hit by a car driving on like a, a rural road, I'm guessing that it's a thin road then, but at national speed limits. And so you, you can have two cars just squeeze past each other, and that happens all the time. Well, we have a couple things here where I live now and then even where my parents live. There's uh, a lot of attention to the fact that pedestrians have the right of way. And in theory, it just means if a pedestrian is in the crosswalk, you have to stop for them. They don't have to, uh, they do have to wait till, it's, they're supposed to wait till it's clear to step out. <laughs> yeah. But they don't, some of them. Some of them sit there, and I've been at my parents' house and seen people point to the sign as they take a step out into the street. Like, I, I know you're going 40 miles an hour, but you my right away. slam on the brakes. Yeah. They're idiots, aren't they? They're, they are. They are also brilliant as well because they're the people that hide in bushes waiting for one car to run a, a drive along and then they just peg it across the road and, no, I'm I'm in the right. It's my right away. Pointing at a sign going, no, it's my right away. No, <laughs> up yours. If you get knocked over, tough. I, I can understand. We have zebra crossings over here and we have pelican crossings and there's slight differences between the two, but... Basically, a zebra crossing, if you see anyone on either side of the zebra crossing, you have to stop and then let them uh, pass. It's their right away. But if if they're walking to the, the actual crossing itself and you drive over it, then really it's your right away because they haven't reached that point of crossage. Or as you know, they're not in position to cross. You can't just suddenly swing a left as a pedestrian and walk straight across it thinking that the whole world is going to stop for you. That doesn't happen. Yep, no, I hear you. And that's actually with the the tweet where this appeared in was, uh, had, had the opening line of like, apparently, dis apparently Darwin missed his mark. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's true. Although I, I do have a slight problem with lollipop ladies. Do you have lollipop ladies? I don't know. Not by name that I know of. Okay. A lady that carries a lollipop. It sounds mental, but it's brilliant. These yeah. aren't... Like, we get people stand in the middle of the road doing fundraiser stuff. Like, they just expect you to slow down as you're driving and throw a coin at them or... No, buy no. That'd be brilliant, though, just throwing coins at random people. <laughs> but the lollipop ladies, they have a a certain position on the, the pavement and school kids and other people use them to get to school, cross a, a busy road, etc. And a lot of them actually sit on the edge of zebra crossings where you're supposed to stop anyway, where you're supposed to let people cross anyway. And yet they walk out in the middle of the road, they stop the traffic and let people cross. Yet they're 
they're doing that on a position of the road where you're supposed to do that anyway. Now, there's a corner down the road from us where we need a lollipop lady and there's no zebra crossing there at all. And that would be perfect. But it just seems null and void that they're actually using that. It's, it's like a lazy lollipop lady. That's just not on. And there's also a myth <laughs> that the lollipop sign, it's a big circle, it says stop children. And there's a big black bar in the middle of it. And if you don't stop for it, apparently the lollipop lady has a little piece of chalk in her pocket and she writes down your registration number <laughs> and then sends it on to the police. But she writes it on the lollipop. So, wait, is she officially, she's authorized? She's, like, got authority and all? Or is she just some... She gets a suit and a hat and everything. Okay, oh, all right. Then we have crossing guards like that. Yeah. But, yeah, like you say, they they tend to be at the... Uh, well, duh. Yeah, we all stop at the stop sign. Yeah, they tend to use the most obvious place where it's safe anyway, as if they don't want to get run over themselves. Mm-hmm. But they're there to protect the children. I, I don't know. Maybe they should all be hunted down on milk floats at all. So you don't even have milk floats, do you? What kind of world do you live in? We probably have it. It's probably called something different. I just don't know. It's the future, I tell you. It's a man driving around in an electric van, handing it's out only ice cream, milk and lemonade and bread. It's the no. future, and yet it's the past and the present all at the same time. Anyway, well, that's my, my bit of world news that made me go, what? Well, okay. To go from that, this is also a, uh, a highway-related story. There was a guy. All I see is hairballs in the title here. That's all I... No. Is... Yeah, further down, it's nothing to do with hairballs. It's about oh. driving. Don't worry about <laughs> that. I think that's an advert for hairballs, apparently. All right. Uh, this guy, uh, Kenneth Wayne Henderson, 36. He mm-hmm. was a backseat driver. He was in a car, driving along a motorway with his friends in the front, and he started to have a little dis- dispute with them. He ended up shooting the driver at high speed and injuring the passenger. And he broke his arm as their car crashed into a speed camera (laughs) to stop them from driving because he killed the driver as they were driving along. What a mental. Uh, What does it say? Henderson was in the backseat of the Toyota being driven by Graves on the Gulf Freeway when an argument began. Seeking to establish an irritable debating point, shot Graves twice in the head with a .38 revolver, and shot the front seat passenger as well. <laughs> Maybe he thought it was like pulling the plug, and all of a sudden the car would stop on its own, and... Yeah. Maybe he's a computer technician and thought, I'll just pull it out, it'll stop, and then we can restart again. What a dick! <laughs> Maybe... Ah, right, okay... Imagine the situation. He's in the back. He's had an argument with the driver. He shoots him twice in the head. He's dead. And he's sitting there going, hang on, I've got a witness. And he tries to shoot the man in the passenger seat. And then they crash. And then the police turn up. Okay, what happened here? I don't know. I don't know. He just, his head exploded. (laughs) He was charged immediately with assault, but upgrading the charge had to wait for the results of forensic tests. Yeah. So maybe they did believe the head just exploded. (laughs) <laughs> how bizarre is that unbelievable he came away with only a broken arm what a dickhead it's ironic that they actually crashed into a safety camera though isn't it mm-hmm. that's awesome 
I, I guess he must have thought he'd be able to kind of lean over and steer the car and maybe get out or something. I don't know. God knows what he was thinking. I'm sure he wasn't. Before we go through this next story that I've got, I have to ask you a simple question. Do any of okay. your kids smoke? No. No. This is one thing I... There's two stories in this uh, article, actually. There's a toddler who survived a van crash now addicted to cigarettes and beer. A three-year-old has mysteriously picked up an addiction to smoking cigarettes and downing beer after surviving a road crash. Yay Wen has been smoking up to a pack a day since the accident last year when she was hit by a speeding van. I... Different cultures provide different things. I'm not sure certain cultures provide cigarettes and beer to their children. There's a picture of this little girl who looks fine, apart from the big fag that she's puffed. She's actually blown smoke rings as well. She's awesome at yeah. smoking. And it doesn't look like she's she's giving you that look that like a 30-year-old would give you, just this, like, sizing you up as they take the picture. Yeah. The implication seems to be that she was in the coma for five days and she came out of it almost like a different brain was in her head or like it, something like she was possessed now. Like Yeah. Started acting like an adult. It's it's very very strange though. They, her parents say that her personality had changed since leaving hospital, where she recovered from five days in a coma. Now, I can understand all the trauma going through a, a coma and stuff like that. I think everyone would sympathise with that. But I just get the feeling that maybe the dad or the mum turned around and said, "Oh, she looks a little bit shaky. Here, take one of these to calm your nerves." <laughs> and it it might have happened. It really might have happened. A three-year-old... We don't smoke in our house, so my kids don't naturally go for cigarettes when they're stressed out at all. Or beer. They know of beer. They know of cigarettes. But they don't don't associate that with that'll calm me down or that'll get me through the day. Let alone pick up a, a packet a day. Yeah, it's, it is suspicious. I mean, they're trying to make it sound like she's possessed... Now she only likes to wear boys' clothes, and she smokes, and she drinks, and all. Mm. But they found her smoking the dad's cigarettes. At first, she stole those. Now she gets them on credit from the local shop because they think they she was buying them for her father, <laughs> who just coincidentally smokes. You know, but now he's he quit now. But you know, the daughter still wants to keep smoking. Yeah, there's another story at the bottom of this page. It's a, a two-year-old. A two-year-old who throws tantrums if he did not receive 40 cigarettes a day is cut down to just 15. Um, he weighs four stone and has been smoking since his father gave him his first cigarette when he was 18 months old. My God. I wonder why he throws tantrums. Maybe it's just because he's addicted to bloody cigarettes. <laughs> and there's a picture of him down. It looks like an adult smoking a fag, basically. Yeah. I know fag means different in America, but yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Uh, but yeah, there's a, the bottom picture. It's got him on a little toy truck blowing smoke up in the air. <laughs> it's like so a if, photoshopped picture that it does look photoshopped, but I don't think it is. No, it's not. Definitely not. But you can imagine him with all his mates bowling down the road. He's the one going into the shops, getting all the fags for all the other kids, and you know, he's the man, isn't he? But my God. Where where does the dad get off of giving his eighteen month old son a fag? 
he is cut down through therapy focused on playing. And look at this. So the, the town officials have offered to buy the family a car if they can get the kid to quit. So is that maybe an ulterior motive here? Why should you be offered a car to get your kid to quit to smoking? To fix your mistake. Yeah. <laughs> You're an awful parent. We'll, we'll uh, give you a car to undo the damage. Yeah. It's like some people have been offering other people in this country money to leave. Or if you commit a crime over here, apparently you can go to Disneyland for free because of your, your crimes. Because, you know, poor old hard-up Jimmy in, in jail in the youth jail is you know he, he's having such a hard time let's give him a holiday it's just ridiculous I imagine him doing like little tricks and has a little fag behind his ear and wonder if he can do like throwing the fag up in the air catching it in his mouth and then lighting it <laughs> it's always these obscure bits of the world though you know it's sad that they might be exploiting these kids just to try to get a little bit of attention and yeah. Whether it's the individual or the town or the you know the newspapers, yeah. There's other kids out there dealing with marbles and stickers and swaps and little toys, and then he's dealing in Rizzlers and and puff and cigarettes and stuff like that. It's mental. I carumba. Anything else? No, not story wise. No, I think I'm out at the moment. All right. I have uh, a little bit of a quiz then. To end on, unless you had something else. No, go for it. All right, again, um, through Twitter, uh, someone had sent, they had retweeted something, I guess it was. Uh, it originally comes from Mental Floss, and it's uh, it's kind of a link to that from CNN.com. But what they are are the real names of 23 fictional characters. So what I was going to do is give you a couple of names and see if out of context you could kind of piece together you know, what's your best guess of who it might be? Mm-hmm. Give you some clues. See, now this is this would be obvious if I said to you someone's real name was Captain Horatio Magellan Crunch. Who would that be? God knows. Oh, it's Captain Crunch from the cereal. But you might not get Crunch Berries where you are. Do you get Crunch Berries? No, berries oh, shouldn't crunch. All right, here's someone, a character you definitely should know. His full name, I'll try to pronounce this, is Oscar. Zoroster, Fadrig, Isaac, Norman, Henkel, Emmanuel, Ambrose, Diggs. Oscar the Grouch. No, good guess. I'll give you a, a secondary clue here. It's a live action person, not a cartoon or a puppet or anything. Oh, God. And he goes by a much, much shortened version of this name Oscar, Zoroster, Fadrig, Isaac, Norman, Henkel, Emmanuel, Ambrose, Diggs. I have no idea. He is the mighty Oz of the Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. He calls himself Oz, O-Z, because the other initials spell Pinhead. I guess that's part of one of the stories. (laughs) That's a mental story anyway, Wizard of Oz. All right. I don't know how to pronounce this exactly. I'll spell it. You'll probably know how to do it. A-L-O-Y-S-I-U-S. Aloysius? Aloysius, that's what it is. Aloysius is the first name of one of the Sesame Street characters. It's not Oscar. One of the Sesame Street characters. His real first name is Aloysius. I'll give you four to pick from. Go on in. Grover, Cookie Monster, Big Bird, 
Snuffleupagus. I can see all of them as well. I, no, I, I can't. I know Snuffleupagus. He's the woolly mammoth, isn't he? Yes. He was brilliant. I used to love him. Okay, I'm going to go for him. That's him, Aloysius. Yeah! Get in. <laughs> All right, let's see if I find one or two other ones here. All right, which character on Gilligan's Island had the real name Roy Hinckley? That was his, not the actor's name, but the character. Okay. So was that, well, it obviously wasn't the millionaire Thurston Howell. Um, Gilligan, Professor, Skipper, basically your choices. Let's go for Skipper. No, Skipper was Jonas Grumby. So Roy Hinckley was the professor. I'm just saying words, really. <laughs> yeah, I... This might be a little bit American culture centered here. No, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm down with the, uh, the Are you familiar stuff. with the Pillsbury Doughboy? Yes, little... you poke right. his little Betty. I've got yes. a friend like him. <laughs> his, his name is Poppin' Fresh. You might know that already. No, I didn't. Ah, well, his wife's name is Poppy Fresh, but he has two kids. What are the names of Poppin' Fresh and Poppy Fresh's two children? Hmm. Let's go. I'm guessing their last name is Fresh. <laughs> no, I don't think it matters. They go by, they're like Madonna. They go by one, one word or one phrase. Okay. All right. It's uh, Popper. Popper and Bun Bun. Popper and Bun Bun. What is the matter with you guys? I don't get it. <laughs> All right, you might know this. This might be something a little more familiar. In Curious George, the man with the yellow hat. Yes. Do you know his name? Bro! Oh, I can see him as I'll well. I'll take just the first name, even if you know it. Um, I nearly said George, but that's the, the monkey. That's the monkey, yeah. Damn, I know him. His last name is Shackelford, but his first name is a common name. Fred, Peter, Simon, Mark. Ted. Ted. Oh. Ted Shackelford. That's a great movie as well. How about the, the patient in the board game Operation? The guy with the glowing red nose? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you know his name? I didn't know he had a name, to be honest. Hmm. Simon. Sam. Close. <sighs> How about Shaggy from Scooby-Doo? Oh, God. Simon. <laughs> I'm going to get it right one day. You're close. Norval. Norval <laughs> Rogers, which I guess isn't Fred. No, Fred Rogers is Mr. Rogers. Again, going back to Sesame Street, the TV show, game show host, Guy Smiley. Oh, he, yeah, his, yeah. His real name is Bernie Liederkrantz. <laughs> why, why would he have a fake name? <laughs> He's got a pseudonym. Yeah. Brilliant. The Lone Ranger. You remember the Lone Ranger, Tonto and Silver and Hi-Ho Silver away? Yeah. Did you watch that as a kid or? No, I'm not that old. Oh, okay. Probably about 15 years beyond that, I think. But... I remember watching bits of it. I remember the uh, the pinball thing as well. The 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 oh, song. Yeah. Oh, Sesame I Street I watched. That. I thought you were talking about Lone Ranger. No. I watch Sesame Street all the time. Have you seen Christopher Reeve on Sesame Street? Yeah, I think I saw him in the wheelchair on Sesame Street. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. My my little boy wanted to know about Christopher Reeve and how he got between you know Superman and 
why is he in the wheelchair? Because yeah. it's just brilliant watching him just drive up and blow into a tube and he can move forward and then he can yeah. move back. And you've got Elmo going, wow, that's wicked. Because <laughs> that's what you know, four-year-old kids do, just yeah. like Elmo. It is, yeah. Wow, he's got like a fake arm. That's so cool. <laughs> so anyway, there are, uh, let's see. We have Barbie's full name. Her real name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. And Ken, her Toy Story-ish boyfriend, is Ken Carson. There's sure. a bit of trivia. Comic book guy on The Simpsons. The creator of The Simpsons had always planned to name him Lewis Lane. Especially, you know, the way he talks, it would be kind of like he'd be tormented that it was like Lois Lane. No, Lewis Lane. Yeah. That was, but he wasn't in the room one day. He said, and the writers named the comic book guy Jeff Albertson. Oh, man. Uh, well, and, well, Matt Groening, isn't it? Yeah. And he didn't pick up a phone and go, no, hang on. I'm it naming probably, him this. Probably didn't matter. He says, I was out of the room when the writers named him. In my mind, his name was always Lewis Lane. He was obsessed and tormented by Lewis Lane. That would have been brilliant. Peppermint Patty. Do you think her real name was Pat or Patricia or anything? Or I think it's just a total misnomer from Snoopy and Charlie Brown. Oh, Christ. I haven't seen that for yonks either. Um, I have no idea. She is Patricia Reichert. Not Riker, like in Star Trek, but R-E-I-C-H-A-R-D-T. On Monopoly, the little policemen who, like, go to jail, do not pass go. You're on a Monopoly board. Someone gave him a name. He has a name. Is it Simon? Officer Edgar Mallory. So that's the kind of thing that now you find that out. And so then maybe every time you do, like, a little... uh, Situation where you get to pick your name for a character, you do Edgar Mallory, and like, why, why do you always pick that name? Oh, well, that's the name of the policeman in the Monopoly board. Yeah, I'm going to be playing Monopoly next time, and I'm just going to come up with a crap fact of that. You know, you know this guy here sitting, pointing that way with a whistle in his mouth. Except yes. you're going to say his name is Simon, and then you're going to yes. get busted on it. His like, name's no. Simon Mallory, and someone's going to go, no, it's Edgar Mallory, I'll have you know. <laughs> oh, damn it. What are you when you when when you play Monopoly? What do you normally have? Uh, a race car. Yeah. I like. I need. I'm. I'm a big fan of symmetric art. Yeah. So like, I need. If the dog's head is turned to the side, I can't be him. The battleship. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the battleship, but it has. I don't like that. It's not. The front is lower than the back. It's. I need it to be. Like when when people draw a picture of a house, you know, some people draw the door and one window. I draw the door in the center. Yeah, two windows. My my roof comes to a point right in the center. I don't like to draw the chimney on the side because it throws it all out of whack. Spend a lot of time drawing houses, do we? I do. <laughs> That's why I, I I design Lego houses. That's all. Yeah, I'm always either the race car or yeah the boats. I never saw the point in the thimble though. That's just the. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one thing I did want to bring up as well. Uh, I'll let you carry on in a sec. The okay. Xbox, the slim version came out, or they showed the slim version. I heard about it a couple of weeks ago on another podcast, but they've actually announced it at E3, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Now, them babies 
we all know that they they suffer from overheating anyway, and now they brought a, a thinner version out, and it doesn't look that thin to be honest. So you know, good luck with that, guys. Hope you're happy with your your melted consoles. I've seen that. I've seen the link for that. I guess yeah, the E three conference. A whole bunch of things are coming out now out of there. Yeah. Some new video game trailers and stuff. So. Yeah. But no, that's it. That's our. That's my list and bit of trivia and random site. So we'll put a link for that in the show notes. It's uh, like I said, it comes from CNN, but it's a link to a list at Mental Floss, and Mental Floss has got tons of interesting lists and stuff. So rather than go into them, we'll save them for a future discussion. Awesome. If you're following us on Twitter, good for you. If you're not, you might want to follow us at Elton McManus all one word or SHC 1970 we do still owe an episode 50 which I suspect will be coming up fairly soon possibly on short notice yes so you know uh, Elton has a Facebook page set up watch on Twitter listen to the buzz maybe we'll put a post up in the simply syndicated forums but uh, we'd like to make that kind of a Ustream event We'll be back within a week with uh, our episode 55. A little more, I guess by that time there'll be a little more development of what's going on. Everyone will have played at least one game in the World Cup. Someone oh, yeah. Two. Yeah, we, we'll start to see the people dropping out now and we'll be waving goodbye to some of our fellow bombastards <laughs> that are actually in the World Cup. So if you've got any websites or anything like that you can either stick it up on the Facebook page or you can email us at bombastpodcast at gmail.com you can also leave comments on the website which is bombastpodcast.podbean.com so yeah so we appreciate you guys listening and again check back in a week or so and, and we'll be here with more mirth and merriment for you yeah thank you very much guys thanks for tuning in and we'll see you very soon yep bye ta-da Tonight's episode of Apotheosis of a Bombast was brought to you by Elsa McManus and Scott Copperman and was sponsored by the letters Q, M and the magic number 3.